You're listening to Career Up Now's Socially Distanced Close-Ups podcast. Today, Mike Fox is interviewing Nellie Miles. Nellie is the Director of Public Affairs at the Georgia Bureau of Investigations. She wanted to become a doctor, but later in life, she found her passion. Now, 20 years later, she's still working in the same field. Let's jump in on the conversation. Well, Nellie, maybe um, if we can start out with a little bit about your your career, and if you think back to when you were first starting out professionally, did you ever envision yourself in the position that you're in now? No, (laughs) not at all, because really, my lifelong dream was to become a doctor, and I think that just kind of was instilled in me. I'm first generation, my parents are Nigerian, and so it was always ingrained, you know, the doctor is just, you know, one of the most ideal career paths. And so I always took an interest in the sciences because of that, but I earned my degree in chemistry from Emory uh, over 20 years ago. And so my, my mindset was pre-med, but then after you know working um, in college, getting through the chemistry major, at that time, of course, I'm younger, I'm thinking, wow, I've just, whew, I'm just overworked and I've worked so hard, I need a break. Um, but because I spent all that time working in chemistry, I said, I'll take that break. But if I'm going to work for a little while, I need to be utilizing that degree. I didn't spend all the, all this time to not use that degree, even if it was for two minutes. And so I met someone who worked for the GBI and said, this is an opportunity um, for someone who's interested in, in pursuing work in the chemistry field. And I applied And, you know, I really started off as a forensic chemist. And I will tell you, Mike, the whole time I was like, well, I'm just going to just do this for maybe two to three years. And then I'm going back to medical school, but all the while still wanting to work hard in what I was doing. But after a while, I just really, I fell in love with that career. It was very interesting. I always say it's the most interesting way to utilize a chemistry degree because yes, I'm working in the lab, but I'm also required to go testify in court and you know, interact with attorneys and, and law enforcement. I just found that a very interesting way to, to utilize a chemistry degree. So I never thought that 20 years later that my career would take this turn from forensics to public affairs. And so when you made the switch then from the forensics to public affairs, what, what brought that last jump about? Well, what happened was when I was working as a drug chemist and testing drugs, there was definitely a very set um, kind of core requirements in that area, the types of work, the type of work that I had to do. And then after about six years working on the bench, a management opportunity came about and I applied for an assistant manager after six years in government work that was considered very fast. <laughs> and then a year later, I was promoted to the section manager. And so I was really doing the bench work, you know, that kind of frontline work for six years. But my last 10 years in the crime lab, I, I spent in management. And when you're dealing with managing operations, you're going to run into all sorts of different projects and opportunities. And quite honestly, working in a drug section, we also had to engage a lot with our our legislators in terms of what new drugs were coming about. And so we would give them information about, hey, this is a new drug. And we'd have questions about whether or not it should, these new drugs should go into law. And then the public and the media, they were really, really interested in these drug trends. So the media would come and the previous spokespersons would say, listen, 
I don't really want to talk about the science. Can you just get on camera and do this really quick? And I'm like, I mean, okay, it's an opportunity for me to put on some lipstick and comb my hair. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't really in the hot seat. You know, selling the message, don't do drugs, was not the most difficult, you know, message to sell and to just educate the public on, on what the crime lab is seeing. And so I was doing, just helping out just occasionally while I was still in the crime lab. And just one day I was like, you know, this is kind of interesting. And so, you know, I planted some seeds. And I think that's the big thing that I always tell people this, you really have no idea what sort of opportunities might be out there for you. And you may start in one place, but you know, it's okay to pivot. It's okay to open up your mind to, you know, something different, especially if it's something that I would say just as, you know, really a kind of a God-given talent and skill. I like working with people. I like communicating information about what's going on. And I just said, listen, I'm not really trying to leave the crime lab, but if you ever need, say, you know, you know, an understudy or someone to shadow you, then, you know, I'm your girl. I was pregnant with my third child and they um, created a position. A, a, it's called a deputy director position in public affairs. And so I accepted that opportunity and the rest was history. I was promoted a year later to the public affairs director and I've been flowing in this, this new capacity for the last five years. That's great. That's great. And, and I message resonates with me as well. I coming out of college, what I thought I wanted to do and where I am now completely different, but uh, you find those common threads that allow you to transition um, from one exactly. and take the opportunities as they come. As you think about the, the current times in the pandemic, right? What new challenges or opportunities do you think the pandemic presents um, for the GBI or, or perhaps even the industry at large? And I, I will even expand that a little bit given our most recent current events in general, right? Policing and, and governing. Yeah, I think that, wow, we've definitely been through a lot these past few months, haven't we? Sure. But I think what um, has happened is it's given us the opportunity to just pause and evaluate what's most critical and what, what is most important in terms of agency missions and even people's individual career paths. I don't think that there would be really a time that you would, we would be utilizing you know, virtual opportunities to the degree that we have yeah. um, been doing so. And I think that what, what I've seen, um, even with, with law enforcement, is trying to really burst into new ways to just launch your creativity. So how can we continue to conduct our mission? Of course, with law enforcement, we can't stop responding, but there may be some different ways that we can address maybe some training um, issues. And I think it's given us an opportunity to, to really focus on that. And, you know, with everything that's going on, you know, with with the pandemic and the civil unrest that's happening, you may not be aware, but I mean, the GBI investigated one of the most recent um, high profile cases with the murder of Ahmaud Arbery. Right. And I think that what we have found is how important it is to get your message out, mm. to get information out. And so it is, we're, we've been way past just, um, you know, being silent or, you know, holding information and, even if it's something that's ongoing, uh, we need to get we need to get the information out because it is very clear, just based on you know what's happening, is that we definitely have a huge gap between our relationships with law enforcement and the community, and 
we had thought that, you know, post Ferguson, there's been so much work that has been done to build those gaps, but it just really shows that we have so much more work to do. So I think it's just really time for us to just, again, pandemic said, stop, stop what you're doing. Let's pause here. And we need to redirect and really focus on what is most important. And so I think that's what we're, you know, what we're all doing. Um, I think personally, I think we can all say that the things that maybe we should be placing the type of value in already, we found that, okay, our, you know, our family members and for me, my dog here, I have three small children it's just, who have been, you know, my husband and I have been homeschooling. I think it's just, I'm saying, okay, you know what, let's realign here. What is most important? Um, and, you know, what, where do we really want to spend every single, you know, ounce of our time, you know, making sure that what you're doing, you're being, you know, most productive and you're, um, you know, you're just, you're being, you're being kind, kind to your neighbors, easy to get into, you know, this rut of like, let's just go, go, go. And you've got this schedule, but, you know, I think that for a lot of people, we can just say again, let's pause and figure out kind of what's most important and just basically reset those priorities. That's a, that's a great message, both personally and professionally, right? Uh, I think the, the pandemic has forced us to take a pause um, mm -hmm. from, from life and, and everything that we've known uh, mm -hmm. to be part of our routine. Um, for better or worse, we, we had to pause. Yeah. And, um, and naturally, I think personally, it's brought that, that focus back to what, what are the values that we want to focus on. And, and it sounds um, like it, as an organization, the GBI is also doing a similar approach and thinking about um, transparency, I guess, would be a, a word to use there and getting the information out there. Um, what are the resources that, that helped propel or shape your career journey? You know, I think probably the biggest resource were, was definitely the people. Okay. I think that, I mean, obviously training and textbooks and all those things that you, that are typical, I think that I can certainly talk about that. But I just found really early on that, you know, especially as a, as a young chemist, I mean, there were people who had been, you know, working um, at the agency for 30 years, you know how much information that they had. And I, even my, um, the previous GBI director, Vernon Keenan, who is, he's a great man. I mean, we always begged him like, look, write a book. You need to write a book because it's just, there's just a wealth of information and history. And I think that being able to, you know, form these relationships, no matter what level the person was at, I think that was just really critical. They, they really taught me so much, not just about the how to do the job, but really how to overcome obstacles and challenges while you're working. And so I would definitely say that the people were, are, have been the biggest resources, great, great people at the agency. And I've had certainly, I've certainly had some great training opportunities um, along the way. I've been involved with different organizations. When I was in the sciences, I was, you know, in the American Society of Crime Lab Directors. We had the Southern Association of Forensic Scientists. So, you know, all these different organizations where you have these conferences and you get that additional training. And even in the public affairs side, communications and law enforcement, a member of the International Association of Chiefs of Police, there's the Georgia Association of um, women in police, and there's a national organization of black law enforcement executives. So there's just so many opportunities, just like, I mean, just like if you're, 
you know, your, those students that are in school. I mean, we always say it's great to be, you know, the, get good grades, but you want a well-rounded individual. So we want you to be active in a, something outside of just, you know, what you're there for is to, to get that degree. And so there's been definitely great opportunities, probably the, one of the most um, beneficial, most rewarding opportunities I had probably two years ago was that I traveled to the Republic of Georgia and uh, yes, it was great because uh, it was with um, the State Department actually took care of the expense, but I was able to go overseas and it was a international women's conference. And I mean, I connected with a lot of, you know, international women who were in policing and I taught a very quick social media course, which was just funny because I was still pretty new to social media, but I was like, oh yes, I'm the expert because <laughs> Republic of Georgia, yes, that's me, I need to go there. But it was just a great opportunity and I connected with a lot of people that I still, because thanks to social media, you know, I still remain um, connected to. And two of them, two of the young ladies actually came to our Georgia. We have this exchange and we kind of, you know, we kind of really play on the Georgia to Georgia um change but they came to our georgia and they attended our um our training our law enforcement training basic agent um okay. school so that was really really interesting and i was able to see that see that growth oh, that's that's neat so so definitely leveraging people and and the experience of those around you and then also it sounds like training opportunities and maybe seminars I want to dive one level deeper onto the training aspect, um, and maybe it wasn't even training, but is there a specific teaching moment that you can think of that you experienced in your career? Uh, maybe there was a, a mistake or a failure that you made and learned from, or, or something else that you observed that you were able to latch onto and use as a, a moment that you internalized. Well, I think that probably I would say just the training program to become a forensic scientist um, yeah. in general, that was very, very interesting because just like, so with public affairs and what I'm doing right now, people, you know, they ask me, oh, did you, um, do you have a journalism background? No, it's literally all OTJ on the job training. So I'm literally, you know, making mistakes along the way. And I'm just like, okay, I will never do that again. But I mean, what really made, has made me successful in this role is just having, you know, the 20 plus years working at the agency, knowing the culture, you know, knowing how we operate and having the good relationships. But as a forensic scientist, as you might imagine, I couldn't just start day one and just start opening up drug cases and start working. But no, it was very, very um, unique in that they taught you the theory behind what we were doing. And so a lot of the tools and the I would say the instruments that I learned about in college, I read about them, but I didn't have the hands-on application. So we dove deeper into the theory of the work, but then they actually would provide us. So here's some amphetamines, here's cocaine, here's, here's heroin, heroin. And they taught us how to extract those drugs, identify like the main ingredient, the using the tools and instrumentation. And there were different blocks along the way. And as we went along the way, I think there was definitely, you know, one time where I misidentified a, a drug along the training. Now, I was able to have another opportunity, but it was really instilled in me the importance of getting it right. This is not an opportunity that you can make a mistake. If you're 
testing a drug, this is linked to somebody's life. This is a person. So if, that, if you misidentify something, that's going to determine how many years they spend in jail. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that, is, that was really, really like a, a critical moment when you get pulled aside. This is what, you know, this is what you need to do. This is why this doesn't work. But it, again, it was really interesting in that they provided us the knowns and then you have to do a series of unknowns. Mm -hmm. And then towards the end of the program, you had to actually sit through a mock trial because we're not going to send somebody into the courtroom and it turns out that, oh, they're really, really good, um, you know, in terms of book smart, but they're not able to communicate their findings. And unfortunately, we've had people who made it all the way through training and get to the end and they, they cannot pass the mock trial. And we definitely had to figure out how to improve the training. So, so to be able to identify that a little earlier in the process, but just that that whole training of being you know becoming a forensic scientist i mean it's one of those things that you know you just say it's just it just sets you for life like i had after my second child i got a personal trainer and i was she trained me for seven months and after a while i was like okay i don't really need to go any further like i'm not trying to compete here but it sets your course so now okay, i don't really necessarily need a personal trainer because i had that kind of seven month uh training course and that's how it was with with um, that forensic scientist training program, it really, really was a great foundation for just just the career. That makes sense. It sounds like there were a couple moments there where the the gravity of it really mm -hmm. set in for you. Um, Nellie, how would you say mentorship has enriched your life? I think mentorship has enriched my life tremendously on both ways. That is actually being on the giving end and the receiving end. I certainly had many mentors along the way um, in a lot in the crime labs. Again, I spent 16 years in the crime lab. And when even though we may not have had like a long term formal program, I mean, there is nothing like someone kind of taking you under their wing and showing you the way. And I think that it just really, you know, it kept me focused. And I would say that I probably was already pretty driven on my own, but still, you know, when you're, when you're younger and you're starting off a new career, I mean, you think you know it all, but you really don't know squat. Right. Right. <laughs> so um, I could, you know, I could certainly, I could certainly use the help. And I think that, um, you know, kind of what it showed me more than anything is how important it is to mentor, um, mentor other people. And so, I am always a big supporter of having um, interns um, in my in my office, and they're they're interns I have. I still keep in contact with them. What do you know? What's going on? What are you doing? And I always remind them that um, you know if they didn't have the internship with uh, if my office, they wouldn't be who they were today. <laughs> so I mean, we joke we joke about that, but um, I think it's just you know you just want to leave when you leave. You want to leave it better than it was when you were there. And I think also, um, you know, it just shows me that it really takes a team to do it. And you know, a lot of people feel like they need to hoard the information. They don't want to share it because then, you know, suddenly they're not, they're no longer, they're no longer useful. I mean, I'm com the complete opposite. Having had, you know, three children and being on maternity leave three times, I'm always like, let me make sure that I give all the information I can. Let me carbon copy literally the entire world so that if I, I, you know, I step away for a day or two, then it's, you know, it's still, yeah, still under control. That's right. Yeah. That's great. That's great. So one, one final question for you, perhaps. Um, what would you say is one core value 
that guides your life? You know, I, I think that it's, I think it's probably just going to be working hard, work hard. Mm-hmm. And, and I say that there, there's several things, but I just, I just know that, I mean, obviously you need to have breaks and you need to rest and all that good stuff. But like when you just, I mean, when you work hard, I mean, from, you know, from the career standpoint, I remember they would always kind of, you know, make fun, fun of me because the benchmark may have been, Hey, try to get a hundred cases out. But my goal was 200. I mean, I just wanted to just really show and prove. And I always wanted to work hard, whether it be in my career, whether it be as a mother, whether it be as a wife, whether it, whether it be as a dog mom. I mean, she can't, she's sleeping now, so she can't, <laughs> <laughs> she can't speak for me, but just, you know, just working really hard because I mean, eventually it's, it just, it pays off. Yeah. It pays off. 